honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, <laughs> Stitcher, Double Twist. You can go on forever, but those are a lot of the big boys out there. Podman, of course, the local one. Always encourage you listening to that one, but hey, you can use any of them. They're, they're all good stuff. Sometimes Apple drives me crazy. Uh, Google is generally pretty solid, blah, blah. You saw an opinion thing. Spotify is awesome. And if you're going to listen to the show, of course, please download, don't stream. Of course, like TuneIn Radio, it's an option to stream it or download it. And I suppose most of them, if you just hit play rather than downloading it, it'll stream it. And then it doesn't count as a download. So please download it. It just makes things look better, that type of thing. I know. That's just how the business works. I mean, you know, it's just, streaming is like virtually invisible. So it's not a whole lot you can do there. With that said, the Minnesota Timberwolves went into draft night, draft lottery night, I should say, August the 20th, Thursday. It wasn't on a Tuesday, like May 14th or something like back in the day. It was on a, it was on a Thursday, August 20th. You know, so unconventional situation, of course. You got teams playing in the background. That's normal. You, you get the playoffs going on. Usually it's around the second round, maybe the first. I'd say it'd be the second round, right? Like second week of May, something like that, or even third week of May, May 18th, something like that. It's usually about the second round and all that. And then it's draft lottery night, and it's always the most frustrating thing ever. Like, Wolves are supposed to pick first, and then they get third, and we get Christian Lehner, and they get Alonzo Mourning being the Charlotte Hornets, the real original Charlotte Hornets. But I guess they're, yeah, you get the idea. And then the Orlando Bleep and Magic get the number one pick overall. Wolves are supposed to be in the the mix for number one overall again the next year with, you know, Chris Webber. We're all going crazy excited. And then we get the fifth pick. The fifth pick, and Orlando gets number one again with one ball. One ball. One. One ball. And they take Penny Hardaway, or they trade Chris Webber for Penny Hardaway. Webber never plays a game for the Orlando Magic. He goes to the Golden State Warriors. So Golden State took the second pick in the draft that year, which sounds familiar. Second pick in the draft. Uh, That was a big horror going in. Minnesota. God, it's just freaking scary. Minnesota, Cleveland, and Golden State, it's like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, we're going to get the number one pick. Yeah, Cleveland's got the number one pick about 50 times. Oh, and the Golden State Warriors, that's just the darling of the league. Everybody loves them, except me, pretty much, and a couple other people that are that are sick of their act, that were sick of their act maybe like five minutes into it, <laughs> basically. Yeah, I don't like watching the way they, I don't like the way they carry themselves. Maybe they play fine. It's fine how they play, but the, the way they carry themselves gets under my skin. Uh, which maybe it shouldn't, <clears throat> but it does. <laughs> now that I've drugged that out way beyond the, where I need to. Uh, they go, oh yeah, they're going to get the number one pick, great. So it's going to be the same old story. You know, you fig- figure, okay, if there's four teams there and we're one of them, we'll go fourth. But then you just sit there and wait. Everything is everything's okay, everything's established, everything's just planned, blah, blah, blah. Everything's going like it normally does. You know, this team goes here, Detroit goes there. And then it's like, wait a minute. Charlotte and Chicago have now moved into the top four. So instead of top three, it's top four with this current format. It's like, oh, that's because, of course, three teams tied for number one, so you got to give someone else a shot to be in the, the number one mix. Charlotte and Chicago moved into the top four. Oh, great. Here we go. We're going to be the fifth team, right? So instead of, we'll be the one of, we'll be one of the three teams of the 14% that drops below <clears throat> the top four because obviously you got to fit two of the 14s in there. And Charlotte and Chicago. <clears throat> we'll be the fifth pick, as we always are. Here it comes. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay, good. So we're in the top four. That's nice. And we go to break. I know. It's always like that. We always go to break. Watch. It's going to be the bleeping Bulls and the Warriors are going to be the top two. It's going to be Minnesota or Charlotte here. And it's the Bulls. Okay. Fourth pick goes to the Chicago Bulls after we waited about ten minutes for the bleeping break, which is how they roll. That's just how they roll. They, they make you wait as long as you can, so you can just sit there and stew and get... Frustrated, get all excited to find out you're the fourth place team out of four. It's really exciting. It's really exciting. And then we get to pick the next, uh, <laughs> we get to pick the next Wesley Johnson. Just like how exciting that pick was when we picked fourth overall in 2010. Just pumped up and excited. Because um, that team sucked. What did we win? 15 games that year or something? Kurt Rambis? 
It's a great, great job, Kurt. Great job. Which we didn't give the proper effort tonight. So Chicago, big city, biggest city of all of them, goes uh, <laughs> number four. That means Golden State's number one, right? It's it's going to be Golden State. So, and then number three, and it's going to be the Wolves. No, it's Charlotte. Okay, we're in the top two. We're in the top two, and you get Steph Curry with hair. Steph Curry has hair now, huh? And he's got his smile. You know, God bless him. I don't like his attitude when he plays, but uh, off the court, he's a nice guy. Fine, I'll, I'll give him that. Just don't like the way he carries himself on the court. I mean, good for him if it gave him three rings. Good for him. Hopefully, that's the end of the three rings, but maybe not because they're going to go number one, right? Uh, you know, nope. So here comes uh, here comes the envelope. Golden State, Minnesota. You get D'Angelo Russell and, <laughs> and Steph Curry, who were teammates for a couple months there in the backcourt. And the number two pick is the Golden State Warriors, which means what? That's exactly what it means. It means uh, celebrate Minnesota. Celebrate. You have got the number one pick in the draft. The only one negative thing, just to be a jerk and be a negative Nancy, is, well, we don't know who a number one pick is. It's not Zion Williamson. It's not... LeBron James. I know you've probably heard this about 50 times on different podcasts and different live shows here in the uh, live shows or regular radio shows turned into podcasts, blah, 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 here in the Twin Cities. You could be listening to that anywhere in the world, which is a convenience of today. Um, I know you've heard it a million times, but hey, just just the feeling of you have the number one pick, and if you really have a strong opinion on somebody, he's yours. You don't have to trade up. Like last year, Gerson Rosas, who I think is doing an awesome job, president of basketball operations for the Minnesota Timberwolves, if he really needs an introduction. But I guess he might because it's only been one year. Uh, we had a strong opinion on our guy Garland last year. And we we traded up to try to hopefully get him. And then we were hoping Cleveland wouldn't take him. They picked fifth last year, just like this year. Last year, the fact of Cleveland picking fifth was a real frustrating, damning thing because Cleveland took him anyway, even though they already had their point guard or so we thought. They took him anyway, and it's like, gee, thanks. And then we settled for Culver. A lot of us thought we were going to wind up with Kobe White. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. And God rest his soul, the the original Kobe was still very much alive at that point. And, uh, I mean, I know, that was the most depressing, sad thing ever. It it really was. Uh, You know, regardless of any type of frustrations you may have had of him many, many years ago, who cares? you got to put that past you. But, uh... Yep, it's going to be Kobe White, but no, then we surprise everybody and take Jared Culver, the guy who was supposed to go sixth in the, in the beginning before a team above them got cute. So Wolves end up with the number one pick in the draft, and the guy I was touting and going crazy about was Anthony Edwards. I mean, you watch his video and you see how clutch he is. Very clutch, very cold-blooded and all that. But then you look closer, which I should have done. But, I mean, it's like... I figured, okay, the draft isn't for months, and I'm going to come back and I'm going to have a closer look at things. And then you take the closer look, which is something I should have done in like the split second there. It's like I saw it too, and I didn't. I just didn't mention it. That's the stupidest part about all this field goal percentage. Now you watch the way the guy drives to the basket, with with you know his, his ball handling, his quick feet, his ability to get to the rim and just throw down like you know like the kind of players I've loved over many years. You know, one of the great slashers of the league uh, and all that. And I think he could become one of those. 40.2% from the floor. Oh, come on! <laughs> when you drive to the basket that many times, so you think high percentage, he gets a lot of dunks. Like Jordan had a really high field goal percentage, especially early in his career, like 55%, because he was able to just drive right around people and dunk on them. You can't even get to 45, man. You, you, you can't even get to 45%, 42%. Three-point range, just under 30. Yay. Um, that, that was okay back in the 90s, which, I'm, you know, 90s basketball is awesome. But just saying, it was okay. It was just okay. Uh, 40%. Or excuse me, yeah, 40% from the floor and, and under 30 from downtown. Free throw percentage, 77. So if he gets to the line, at least he'll kind of make them. He's not quite as bad as Wiggins. Yeah, so three turnovers a game for 36 minutes. Oh, boy. Mm. So... I, there's uh, there's some flaws. So like last year when I poked a lot of holes in Jared Culver, I guess we got to poke some holes here because before we get super excited about somebody in Anthony Edwards' case, he's there is no quintessential first pick in this draft. He's the most exciting, I think, overall. And you got to look at the best player available or the best trade available if that's the other option. The question also becomes 
how sexy is the number one pick this year? Because again, you know, how many times do we have to say it? No Zion, no LeBron, no Hakeem Olajuwon, 1984. <laughs> is there is there a Kobe? Is there a Clay Thompson? Is there a Kawhi Leonard? Is there a Paul George? Is there a Greek freak? There probably is. There probably is. There probably is one or two of those guys in this draft. It's a, it's scary as hell to get cute in the draft because sometimes, in fact, oftentimes it come back comes back to burn you. It comes back to bite you in the ass. But if there is somebody out there, maybe you trade down and and you get them there, like seventh pick, sixth pick, somebody like that, that you have that opinion on. Right now, I don't see anybody like that, and that's kind of on. That's on the coaches, or that's on the you know that's on the scouting staff, and I do believe Gerson Rosas is about as thorough as it gets. Anybody that can pull off the amount of trades he did, and quite frankly, come out looking as good as he did in these trades, <clears throat> I think, I think, uh, it, I, I think it, it, it's okay to have a lot of faith in the guy. I really do. Um, I'm impressed with what Gerson Rosas has done so far for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think it's nice to have him in control of the draft. Like, he's literally in control. He's in the driver's seat with the NBA draft, regardless, again, if it's not a superstar necessarily waiting for him. Um, If it's not a superstar in the making, guaranteed, that type of thing. But the fact that you're in the driver's seat helps an awful lot. Anthony Edwards does possess some physical attributes that not a lot of guys have. He has a 6'9 wingspan at only 6'5", which can mean he could be a good defensive player if he showed the effort, showed the heart. And so far, his one year with Georgia, you just didn't see it. I mean, that was the other major, major thing. I mean, he was pretty Wiggins-like defensively. He didn't put his hands up. He just kind of stay there. And it's just like, ah, he just kind of stay there and watch guys go by him, which can drive you absolutely crazy. This team needs defense really, 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 really bad. And there are some spectacular defensive players in this draft if Gerson Rosas wants to move down. And, well, I mean, that's on the table. He's going to explore every avenue. He's going to explore any opportunity there is, any avenue, any direction they could possibly take. And so I have a lot of confidence in uh, Gerson Rosas at the end of the day when it comes to that. I like Anthony Edwards an awful lot. It just sucks that he has so many weaknesses. He has so many weaknesses. I mean, again, off the dribble, with his three-point shot, it's just sometimes it's there, sometimes it isn't. Um, when he squares up on his shot, though, I like it. I, I like what I see. He's got great motion when he lifts off when he lifts on his uh, on his jump shot and he squared up to the basket. I like that. If he's just a little bit off, though, then it's like here we go again. He's going to be another Rashad McCants, which we really don't want, especially with the number one pick in the draft. I, I you know. I, he can he can be a hell of a lot better than that. Will it will it matter? At the end of the day, I have no idea what to say. But again, when he does square up, he's got great motion on the ball, and I mean, and that ball goes right through. I mean, it's like it barely touches the net. So there is something there when it comes to the shooting uh, capabilities of Anthony Edwards. If he can focus, if he can focus <laughs> and be that guy, he's going to be a hell of a player in this league. Uh, at very least, he'll be like a top three type of guy, if not the number, uh, number one pick in the draft type of guy, at very least. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what avenues we can take. Uh, before I start to talk about some of the other players and other avenues in this draft, the trade options scare me a bit as well, because it's like you think about all the possible options out there when you talk about Devin Booker, this and that, and of course you had the greatest... Uh, round robin or play-in or whatever the heck it was, uh, eight games, nine games out there ever and everything, and now maybe he's happy enough to stay with the uh, Phoenix Suns with five years remaining on his contract. We'll see what happens there. But, uh, you know, it's just going to keep going up. It's 27.3 basically right now, and it's going to get up well into the 30s. And you could potentially get a really good player here in the draft and not have to pay him so much right out of the gate and have Larry Bird rights moving forward. There are ways to get Devin Booker, but you have to gut your whole team to get him. Because, again, oh, the people are like, oh, just trade the first overall pick and the 17th pick and Jared Culver to the Phoenix Suns, and there you go. It doesn't add up, though. 
it doesn't add up. I mean, you'd have to cut most of your roster to get him, wouldn't you? I mean, because a lot of guys aren't making that much except your star players. Uh, James Johnson would be a trade option, but then <laughs> who, who replaces James Johnson? He's not a star or anything, but he's like one of the only big guys on the roster at the end of the day. It's unbelievable when you think about it. Boy, I don't know what's wrong with these people upstairs. It's like they're causing hurricanes or something. But, uh, I mean, just the odds of uh, the, the ability to match salaries in this. It's not going to be pretty. Let's see, Devin Booker. <laughs> and I don't even know if you can add the trades. They don't even let you do it. Uh, excuse me, the trades, the, the draft picks. I mean, you add James Johnson to the mix, you're still off by, shoot, about $12 million. So, I don't know. But so you get rid of Culver, you get rid of Lehman, and I don't know, can you still do that? <laughs> that one would work. So Jared Culver, James Johnson, Jake Lehman, and then the number one pick in the draft or something. Is that kind of too much, though? Do, do you think that's too much? I, I don't know. It seems like a lot at the end of the day. That's just my opinion. All the trade possibilities out there. I don't get too excited about you know, giving up half of your team or, or two-thirds of your team, basically, to, to make any type of a trade. I mean, there's the other option would be possibly Ben Simmons. He's he's not making a lot yet, but he will be. That's the thing. It's not as much yet uh, at, this, at this second, but it's going to be at some point. I don't know why they're only saying $8 because it's a lot more than that coming up. He's got six years remaining moving forward. Okay, Jared Culver. <laughs> if you could just do it that way, that'd be great, but I don't think it's going to work at the end of the day. Uh, Jared Culver in the number one pick? Hey, let's go, baby. Throw in Josh Akogi. Yeah, throw in Josh Akogi because we're talking Ben Simmons here, you know. Trade failed. Yep, so that's the thing. <laughs> so uh, Sixers tell you to go bleep yourself. Yes, I, I, I thanks, Philadelphia, for the kind words. But uh, no. <laughs> That's kind of how it is, though. I mean, it kind of is. It, it's 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 nice. It's a nice idea and everything, but you're guaranteeing a ton of money to somebody already, and you're giving up a ton of money to get them. And I think you're going to overpay, especially for our our friend Devin Booker out there. Who everybody's in love with at this point. Everybody's in love with Devin Booker. It's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Devin Booker's defense sucks. His offense is great. There's only one basketball, don't forget. And I know Golden State didn't it didn't matter with them. There was only one ball, but they still torched everybody in 2017. That was the best version of the Golden State Warriors is the 2017 Warriors. It was. Uh, 2016 obviously was not because they got beat. They got beat. Like it or not, they got beat. I don't care if you don't agree with what the refs did in Game 6 or Game 5. I don't give a damn. They still screwed it all up. <laughs> they still lost. And uh, LeBron got the job done. He almost beat them without uh, Kyrie Irving the year before, did LeBron James. So give him credit. I don't like the guy's politics very much. Not a whole lot. I might agree with some, but not a whole lot <laughs> all the time. And I don't have to, and neither do you. That type of thing. Um, nobody should have to feel ob obligated to agree with everything at the end of the day when it comes to the politics. So not that I'm going to get too into that at this second. <sighs> It's going to be so interesting, though. Where do the Wolves go? Uh, restricted uh, free agents. Hernan, uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez and Malik Beasley. Two guys you want to keep. Absolutely. i got to think. Unless, I mean, Hernan Gomez, maybe you don't, depending on who you take here. I'd, I'd probably keep him. I can't imagine he's that expensive. Malik Beasley's going to be significantly more expensive. Obviously, Evan Turner's gone. That's a nice cap relief there. So that's a good thing. The Wolves already, even with the current situation, are still 400000 over the tax line. That's kind of crazy when you think about it. It's just going to be a tough uh, deal when you look at all the salaries. Yes, I mean, Ben Simmons, yes, $8 million this year. But yeah, then it's 29 31 33 blah, 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 35 He's going to be close to about $40 million as we move forward in the coming years. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be an awful lot. But, I mean, it kind of is what it is. When it comes to Hernan Gomez, this and that type of situation. Uh, Hernan Gomez, I don't know why I mentioned him, but I mean like uh, Ben Simmons. <sighs> He's not a very good shooter either. Uh, he could play point forward, I guess. That's the thing. I mean, and then you, you see this endless conversation about LaMelo Ball. I mean, LaMelo Ball coming to the Wolves, he can't shoot either. Uh, spectacular passer. And then you think, okay, spectacular passer. He's athletic. He's got long arms. He can do all kinds of spectacular things, drive into the basket, and that's really cool and everything. But you think, okay, so if you're going to take a chance 
taking LaMelo Ball and then maybe moving, uh, yeah, having LaMelo Ball be your point guard strictly for the, on the offensive side and then maybe defensively being the shooting guard, you know, kind of like Allen Iverson and Eric Snow back in the day where Iverson could go and just do his thing, score a lot of points as a shooting guard, blah, 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 and Eric Snow was a good, solid defender and he was tall enough to guard shooting guards. Well, LaMelo Ball's defense isn't that good and, in fact, you don't really hear anything good about his defense. He's got the long arms and everything, but, you know, Gerald Green had long arms, too, and he might block a shot because he can jump to the moon. But generally speaking, his defense wasn't that great most of the time. Just once in a blue moon, and I think that'd be the same thing with LaMelo Ball. And, I don't know, same with even Zach Levine's defense. You know, he's got that great athleticism, but is he that, you know, is he that great of a defensive player? You know, and I know there's more to, you know, if, if the guy's offense is so great, fine, keep him. But LaMelo's offense isn't that great either. He's just a really good passer, and he's exciting and everything. And then you also bring in the, the big bowler brand and all that crap, and no one wants to deal with that either. I don't know. I don't think LaMelo Ball would be in my, my plans unless something about him just blows me away, and it doesn't so far. I think that's cool. I'm sure Vince Germano, obviously a big fan of uh, Lonzo Ball. I'm sure I know he was disappointed to see him go, but at least they got to get Antonio Davis and are a championship contender now. Antonio Davis. Anthony Davis. Anthony, even though Antonio's similar name, but yeah, it's not accurate at the moment. Anthony Davis. <laughs> They're a legitimate contender for the world championship this year. Uh, if they can get past the Clippers. <laughs> Clippers are dangerous. Uh, LaMelo Ball, though, I don't see him as I don't see him as somebody I'd really want to invest the number one pick in, or the third pick, or you know, or whatever. I don't think he's a fit for the Timberwolves. I just don't for so many reasons. So many reasons. Whew, there's a guy out there that I really love, and I know. And from what I heard from uh, Ryan Saunders yesterday on Dan Barrero, I'm guessing the odds are we're not going to take him. Right now, the uh, Tankathon mock draft has the Golden State Warriors taking James Wiseman. Uh, I mean. There was some kind of weird financial situation with him, so he only got to play three games, but he was absolutely spectacular. He's the kind of guy who can block about five blocks a game. Uh, generally, to the NBA, he translates to being a DeAndre Jordan type. Is that a guy you want to take number two overall, number one overall? I don't know, but Kashim Zabit is a guy you wouldn't want to take at all. He's a guy who'd be a uh, he'd be a, a draft free agent, uh, undrafted free agent. That's what Kashim Zabit should have been, and he went number two overall way back in 2010. One of the worst draft picks in NBA history. <laughs> At the end of the day, one of the biggest disappointments ever. I believe he also came from Memphis. But you could tell he was slow as bleep. Just the hope was there was more to him than that, and uh, there just wasn't. Uh, I really like James Wiseman. It's an interesting conversation. Uh, the defense and the ability to free Carl Anthony Towns, but what you, what you keep hearing is, oh, he would slow everything down and you know, blah, blah, blah. He would just slow slow everything down and everything, So and, and Carl and him wouldn't fit together. But Carl Anthony Towns plays a stretch game. Have you ever heard of stretch fours? Have you, have you ever heard of the term stretch four? Carl Anthony Towns can't play power forward. I mean, of course he can, right? Of course he can. I know it's not it's not the 90s and Duncan Robinson and all that. I, I, I don't care if it's the 90s or the early 2000s. They still won five championships. They won three with the two guys together. So it'd be nice to have a defensive guy and, a, and then free up the other one. This and that. Free up Carl Anthony Towns. And Tim Duncan wasn't a, a stretch four ever. He was never a stretch four. Where Carl could be a legitimate stretch four. What's what's wrong with that? Seriously. Um, he plays a stretch game. He's constantly hanging out beyond the arc. Isn't he though? He's constantly hanging out out there when you need somebody... You know, <laughs> hanging out closer to the rim once in a while, which is what James Wiseman would do. He has bust potential, but so does Anthony Edwards, so does LaMelo Ball, so does this guy, so does that guy. I mean, the draft is filled with bust potential, but one of them or two of them is going to be a spectacular player, I'm sure. I got to think. There, there are some players in this draft that I really do like a lot, and there's others that just, you know, I don't know. There's certain guys I think could be just a nice, solid pick at 17 if they're there. Uh, this and that, depending on who you take with the first pick. If it's Anthony Edwards, this and that. Uh, Obi Toppin, some people are scared of him because he could be the next, uh, you know, Derek Williams, this and that, the athletic power forward who's, you know, his defense isn't good, and that's been the ongoing thing with him. His defense isn't that great. Obi Toppin, he's got great, 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 great athleticism. Uh, the one encouraging thing compared to Derek Williams, though, he's a, he's a really good ball handler. Uh, Derek Williams could handle the ball a little bit, but not really, you know, not really. Uh, Obi Toppin's a better ball handler 
than Derek Williams at the end of the day. So there's definitely some serious potential. Uh, his mock draft status has gone from number one all the way down to number eight. I mean, he's all over the place. Uh, Tankathon at the moment has him going to the New York Knicks. Can you believe that? Number eight. So they uh, they obviously slipped along with the Detroit Pistons. Cleveland Cavaliers, teams like that. Multiple teams slipped. Uh, Detroit Pistons, Hawks, and Cavaliers all dropped multiple positions. Cavs dropped four uh, three spots. Pardon me. Warriors dropped one. And the Wolves went up two. The Wolves are actually projected as number three at the end of the day with the dra- the, the um, tiebreakers and stuff uh, and such. Uh, Charlotte moved up the most. I'm sure they could use LaMelo Ball, and that's what they have them taking at the moment. Killian Hayes, it's like you'd be getting cute taking him unless you're really, really sure. Hard to say. I mean, that's a tough one. At least he gets steals, this and that, and he's got pretty high-ranking assist numbers and all that good stuff. Um, boy, I mean, there are a lot of point guards in this draft. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. Patrick Williams, yep, that's another one that's been brought up. Daniel Orturu, earlier, when I did the last, uh, when I did the State of the Timberwolves, when I last talked about the draft, he was floating around 14-ish, and the Wolves were, were projected at 16, now they're 17 for some reason, because because the Brooklyn Nets made the playoffs, so that's fine. Uh, they have Daniel Oturu slipping into the early second round. That, that's crazy. So then the Wolves would actually pass on him in the second round. If Daniel Oturu is sitting there for 33rd overall, you've got to take him, right? I mean, to me, that's like a uh, that that's a no-brainer. Robert Woodard the second, I, I guess. I mean, I take Daniel Arturo there, no question about it. If he was sitting there, I'm tempted to take him 17th. I'm tempted to take Vernon Carey 17th. I really like that guy. I, I think Vernon Carey's a damn good player. He's he's damn good, and he's only a freshman, six foot ten, two sixty five. Is it just because he's like a center and he slows the game down? He's all, all of a sudden he sucks, so he's got to dip to 30th overall to the Boston Celtics. What a great pick that would be. I, I love Vernon Carey. I mean, he plays an inside game, a solid inside game that I really, really respect, I really enjoy. Uh, you know, if, if you take Anthony Edwards number one overall, and Daniel Oturo and Vernon Carey are floating around at 17. Like, imagine the Wolves keep both of their picks, which they probably won't. I kind of wish they would, but I, I, I know you don't want to run a daycare. I get that. It's all just young guys until hell freezes over. I kind of want to keep that pick, though, especially if a guy like Vernon Carey or Daniel, Daniel Arturo is there. I mean, those guys, they understand the game. And, you know, they both look very much NBA-ready. They really do. Daniel Arturo is almost 21 years old already. They're, they just play a great game. Uh, Daniel Arturo is a stretch four, legitimate stretch four. He was a center in college. He could play center in the NBA because, obviously, you can be 6'10 and be a center these days. No question about it. Back in the day, he'd be a power forward. Uh, you just you have to have that big seven next year next year high uh, next year name that big seven oh seven one to be a center back in the day. Now you could be six ten even six nine and play some center in the in the NBA. But uh, Oturo could absolutely be a stretch four or even a stretch five in the league. Plays an uh, uh, all around game that I really enjoy. Kerry <sighs> and Oturo are two guys that I'm you know I'm, I'm telling you I want one of those two guys. I want one of them. Obviously, you can't take both. That'd be kind of crazy, because then one of them would, would be screwed. They'd, they'd probably get no playing time. Um, I want them in there. I want to pick one of those guys. No question. Um, I just, I don't take a point guard unless I'm absolutely blown away, and nobody's blowing me away, really, at the moment. And that's on Gerson and the others. Don't be surprised if there's a trade down, of course. Uh, the other guy that I just love to death, and he slipped all the way to nine now, with the Washington Wizards there, you know, <laughs> with the red, white, and blue berry kind of look is their logo. Devin Vassell, his offense is limited, but he's got, uh, you know, when you talk about field goal percentage versus Anthony Edwards, he has field goal percentage. He is definitely a catch-and-shoot type of guy, and he's freaking good at it. Uh, he puts the ball on the floor, and he's not very good. But there's the the league is filled with guys like that. He's a legitimate 3 and D type of guy if you want to trade down and then get a an, an awesome defender. An awesome, awesome defender. Luckily, he's just under 20 years old still, so he's just about to turn 20, so it's not like he's older guy, an older guy, even though he's a sophomore. Toppin's actually one of the oldest. I don't know about Toppin. I don't know. I think he's just... I, I think he's limited. He's he's an offensive player who can slash to the basket. He can shoot a little bit. He's, he's got an offensive game. He can pass. His rebounding isn't that good, which annoys me. I mean, I want somebody who can rebound besides... Uh, Carl Anthony Towns. Somebody else has a freaking rebound once in a while. 
<clears throat> that's where I'm looking at Vernon Carey or, or Daniel Oturo from the Gophers. Vernon Carey out of Duke, of course. You talk about a you know, obvious uh, organization that knows what they're doing most of the time. <laughs> Devin Vassell, though, Florida State. I just love his defense. I, I really, really like Devin Vassell an awful lot. Uh, Okongwu is another guy, again. You know, they have him going to the Hawks, number six at this moment. He, he plays a solid offensive game, more polished than uh, Okogi. Bigger version of him and better defense. Better defense, I think. Okogi's defense is good, but this guy's got longer arms. He can do more. He, he averaged three blocks a game. In fact, he's second in the draft in blocks to James Wiseman. <clears throat> Absolutely spectacular shot-blocking force, and the Wolves need that in the worst way. Uh, they, they, they really they really need a guy like that. Daniel Oturu blocked about two and a half, and you have a guy, Azubuke, Udoka Azubuke out of Kansas, the center there, he blocked three and a half. They have him dropping into the second round. That's a possible option. The 33rd, depending on what your thought process is, this and that. I, I don't know. <sighs> Devin Vassell's a guy I'd come out of the draft feeling pretty good about. Okongu, I mean, I love his defense. Love it. And we need defense desperately for this team in order to improve. I mean, Obi Toppin, I, I just... I'm not taking him number one. I'm not taking Obi number one. Anthony Edwards, if I feel comfortable and a belief that this guy can bleep and focus, this guy, there, there's a lot more to him than just, you know, kind of hurling up meh shots. Because when he is focused, when he is locked in, I think he's the best player right now. He's the best player right now. Uh, three years from now, <laughs> I can't tell you, man. I can't tell you. I can't tell you who it is. Uh, I wish I could. I, I really wish I could tell you which one of these guys is going to be the best player three years from now, and I hope the uh, the, uh, the Wolves take him. An interesting guy, though, that I should mention, might as well, they do have the Wolves taking, 17th overall, is Alek Sej Pokusevski out of Serbia. Interesting. <laughs> he blocks about three shots a game. Um, he played in Greece, Olympic, <laughs> Olympiakos B. Yeah, you got to put the B there too. Seven foot two hundred. Seven foot two hundred. Remember when six two two hundred was a common thing? Seven foot two hundred. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's kind of thin. Uh, they have him as a power forward or a center, I suppose. He is seven foot. I don't know. <clears throat> he can certainly block shots. He's got a 400%. He's, he's a 40% shooter, though. 400%. 40% shooter. That kind of scares me as well. He's a solid defender. He can rebound the ball. Uh, he played very limited minutes. Only 21.3 and only 12 games. Small sample size. Again, poor field goal percentage. If you're 7 foot and your field goal percentage is 40 Oof, boy. Ah, he's rough around the edges. We'll see. That's, again, that's the way this draft is. I mean, it's going to be a miracle if you're able to find, uh, you know, the right guy out of here. It's just a, a, a lot of luck. Some people believe the, uh, the Israeli, Denny Avija, is, is, is going to be something as well. Small forward. The Wolves need a small forward. There's no question about that. As I try not to cough to death. <laughs> Pardon me. But again, very limited sample size for the most part in terms of he didn't play a whole lot of minutes. And then when he did, it wasn't that great. Uh, his field goal percentage is solid, about 50%, so that's good. 6'9", 215, 15 points a game. Free throw percentage sucks, and that drives me absolutely crazy. I mean, if you can get to the basket, draw off some fouls, but then you can't make your free throws. I just, I'm just so, i so tired of that. I mean, we, we've been through that a million times as Timberwolves fans. 58%, really? So... I, I, I don't know. Isn't that one of the bare basics of basketball is free throws? I don't understand why so many players suck at free throws. It gets in your head and it's frustrating, but even if, you could, you should still be a 70 to 70 80% free throw shooter. I mean, I know I could do that. I know I could. With enough practice and time put in, I, I could easily be a 75 to 80% free throw shooter. I just don't understand some of these guys. Uh, they're too busy hoisting shots from the half court line, you know, from from center court or something, just for the fun of it. You know, just just work on some of the bare basics. You know, stop trying to be fancy-dancy. 
at the end of the day. Oh, uh, yeah. Aaron Nesmith's going to be the next superstar to watch. No, well, who knows? Maybe he's going to be something. Certainly scored a whole, whole hell of a lot. They have him going 11th to the Spurs. Whoever the Spurs take is probably going to be something. Not always, but probably. They just know what they're doing there in San Antonio, and that scares me. Vanderbilt, obviously, he's had some moments. He was another sophomore, again, out of Vanderbilt. They haven't ranked fifth out of the top uh, 2020 small forwards. Very solid shooter, though. Look at his three-point shooting. It's unbelievable. 52%, 50% from the floor, 23 uh, points a game. My goodness. My goodness. Uh, his overall defense, not so great, though. Uh, welcome to freaking, you know, welcome to well, welcome to the NBA. I mean, it's like nobody plays defense anymore. Mediocre rebounder for someone his size. Only about five a game. But he's not that big. He's only six foot six. So I guess, hey, you know, he's better rebounder than Andrew Wiggins was. I mean, you're talking like two or three once in a while with him. So he's probably already better than Wiggins. At least he makes his shots, this and that. Um, interesting, interesting possibility with Aaron Nesmith. Maybe the Wolves uh, have have their eye on him moving down or maybe moving up from 17 to something else. You trade away a Kogi or a Culver. Don't be surprised if a Kogi or Culver is gone by draft night in uh, mid-October coming up. Isaac Okoro is another name out there. Again, doesn't put up great numbers necessarily. He's out of Auburn, team that uh, went very, very far. And uh, we're happy for what they were able to accomplish. Boy, this is another guy who struggles defensively. Some good numbers, some not good numbers. His regular field goal percentage is outstanding. But from downtown, 28%, not so great. But generally, like 51.5%. That's pretty damn good from the floor. So generally, more of a, you know, put the ball in the basket kind of guy versus a guy that... uh, versus a guy that's able to score from beyond the arc. Doesn't have much of an outside game. Media, you know, an average rebounder, but I suppose he's six foot six. So, I mean, you know, he's, he's okay. About four and a half, five a game. Assists, about two. So, kind of like an average run-of-the-mill swing man, I would say, in the NBA. Doesn't stand out a whole lot, but he gets some. He gets at least a block and a steal a game thus far for Auburn. He was solid there. <clears throat> Again, Okongo's defense was outstanding. Killian Hayes is somebody I'm not really considering for the same reasons. Even though there there isn't there is interest there, they actually have the Bulls taking him fourth overall, and he's been floating around in that top five range most of the time. Again, another guy who doesn't have much of an outside shot. He makes his free throws though, which is extremely important as a point guard, about eighty eight percent. So there you go, somebody that actually makes freaking free throws. Isn't that nice? Once in a while, <clears throat> it's another one of those getting cute kind of picks, I, I suppose. Even though he does have a lot of talent, he does have some ability does turn the ball over, but I mean, whatever. He's, he's a very young guy, just under, just, just over 19 years of age. When he last played, he was 18. That's obviously, I think, COVID here. Yay. Isn't that exciting? Um, and we all know some French point guards have spectacular careers and some don't, <laughs> but welcome to the world. <laughs> welcome to the world. Does have, a good, again, a really good field goal percentage for a point guard. It's not a good outside game, but he makes his free throw. So, he's like a natural shooter, in front of the in front of the the arc, you could say, free throws and blah blah blah. He's just natural that way, but struggles from beyond the arc. You hope that can improve, but at least he's not you know Rubio and Lamelo like when it comes to overall field goal percentage. Lamelo Ball averages less than thirty eight percent from the floor. I'm sorry, but that sucks. That sucks. Uh, you can drive to the basket all day and you can't even average forty percent. I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. I can't take a guy number one overall in the draft with that pick. I can't take him third. I mean, you have to pray to God, and I mean pray to God, that somehow, some way, a miracle will happen and he'll make it. Because you could say, oh, he can work on his J. Ricky Rubio's 30. What's his field goal percentage? About the same as it was when he was 20. I mean, that, that's just kind of how I. That's just kind of how I stand with that one. Not trying to be a jerk, just being honest with you. You gotta honestly assess some of these players. When you look forward, and when you're taking a guy number one overall in the draft, or maybe you're going to consider trading down, you want to get the right freaking guy. You really want to get the right guy. Uh, I wish there was. I wish there. <laughs> this is going to be a very, very difficult draft to pick the right guy, because you just know somewhere in there, 
there's at least one or two superstars out of these 30 to 50 guys. There is at least one or two superstars because every draft has them. Every single draft has them. The rest of the draft might suck. Like the 95 draft wasn't real good, but you got Kevin Garnett and uh, Rashid Wallace out of it for the most part. Those are probably your top players out of that draft, out of the 95 draft. Um, 96 was an unbelievable draft. You had Marbury, you had Ray Allen, Kobe Bryant, Steve Nash, Blah, 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 blah. I mean, you could go on forever. There were so many good players in the 96 draft. It is just sick how many <laughs> stars came out of that one. And then you had somewhere you had like two or three guys at the top, and then it kind of stunk the rest of the way. This one's going to be weird. Uh, I remember the 2012 draft being very uninspiring for the most part. Like, the top of it was okay, and then the top of it was good, and then after that it was like not a whole lot to brag about. I hope it isn't, doesn't go that way this time around. But I got to tell you, somebody's in this draft board is going to be like, ooh, boy, he was a great pick. He was a great pick at 26, uh, 22, or 23, or 17, or, or this or that. Um, so I hope the Wolves can find that guy. Let's get to what you guys had to say. Maybe I'll bounce around some more once again, if humanly possible. I thought I had this loaded up, but I don't. I have the Twitter loaded up, but not the Facebook page. I usually go to Twitter first anyway, at Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion, and now I'm not seeing it. Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> Fake phony Dave with the uh, <laughs> Dave Thomas uh, from Wendy's there. I was asking, who would you take with the number one overall pick? He says Patrick Williams. At first I thought he meant the former Viking, and then it's like, oh, duh, of course. Duh, duh, there is a Patrick Williams out there. They have him going 14th to the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics always have like three or four picks, don't they, in the first round. I swear. It's crazy. Uh, he's but almost all of his statistics are lacking, aren't they? I mean, his rebounding is pretty mediocre for a six-eight guy. He's not—he's not very big. He's only like two, two, two hundred twenty-five pounds. He's not that small either. Field goal percentage is meh, about forty-six. Three-point percentage is very average, thirty-two. He looks like an average Joe to me. And I don't know. Basically, he's just really young, and he gets some steals, and they believe his three-point percentage will get better. And at least he makes his free throws as well, about 84%. So there's always some good things at the end of the day. <sighs> maybe he's maybe he's one of those sleepers. I, I don't know. He, he stands out in some ways and doesn't stand out in others. Uh, he's good about not getting in foul trouble. And he does average almost two blocks a game when it comes to uh, 38, uh, uh, 36 minutes, which, which, again, that's just basically being a starter. If he plays starter minutes, which he really didn't, he only averaged 22 and a half in college, uh, when you're talking one and a half steals and over one and a half blocks a game, I mean, at least you provide that. He's good in those two statistics. He's a guy, maybe you look at 17, 16, or maybe you move up and get him, or if he's floating around. The guy from Olympiakos B, <laughs> the Serbian player, the skinniest seven-footer ever, right? He's under uh, 19 years old. Maybe he's got some serious potential, and maybe he's just a whole lot of nothing. He's a guy who will be on your roster. He'll be uh, solid on occasion, but generally speaking, he'll just be kind of part of the scenery, which some of those guys are. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I, I do not know. Uh, I do not know. Is he the next spectacular Dirk Nowitzki or uh, uh, <laughs> or a Porzingis? Who knows? Um, Porzingis was already projected to be super good, though. So it's not like anybody was like, who's this guy? Or Greek Freak, it was kind of like, who was this guy? That was an amazing pick by the Milwaukee Bucks. And probably a little on the lucky side as well at the end of the day. Uh, Precious Achoa is a, you know, he's a hell of a rebounder. He's one of the better rebounders in the draft. I really like what he brings. He blocks shots, this and that, power forward. You want to go for a bigger guy. Uh, again, he's in that middle area. He'd be well after the first pick, but significantly before 17, most likely, unless you get lucky. Another Memphis player who can definitely play. And uh, he was born in the last century. Ooh, he's old. Whew, he is old. 1999? Come on, man. Where's the cane? Where's your cane? They have 38th on the big board? What the hell? It's not that bad. Uh, block shots over two a game. 13 rebounds. Can't make a bleeping free throw, though. About 60%. <sighs> Field goal percentage is just under 50, which is nice. They're saying, like, that's bad, but I suppose for the position he plays, you want it to be, like, 52 or something, I guess, but, you know, he can get better, I suppose. The 
he's an old freshman though. Very, 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 very old freshman. About 21 years of age here. He's going to be 21 when he suits up for the Wolves if he ever does. September 19th. So, be 21 already. So, I, I don't know. Field goal percentage should be a little higher at the end of the day. But I think he would be an interesting pick. Because the Wolves need a bigger guy. Which would help. Three-point percentage. Uh, he doesn't shoot that many. About one and a half per 36 minutes. 32.5% uh, from downtown. I mean, everybody shoots a couple threes, right? That's kind of how it is. <laughs> but uh, some guys, it's just part a big part of the game, like Carl Anthony Towns. Other guys, it's not. In college, it really wasn't part of Carl Anthony Towns' game. It just kind of happened that way over the course of time. Who do I endorse with this pick? It's just, it's tough. And there's a reason why this show is so long right now, Be, you know, talking only about the draft, because it's tough, man. I mean, I can't just come out here and say, Wiseman! Anthony Edwards, boom, you know, lay down the hammer. In the later picks, I can put down the hammer and say, Daniel Oturu, Vernon Carey, somebody like that. If Devin Vassell somehow slips and you feel you can and you can be a trade partner with somebody and grab him, I go for that. Again, he's not going to be a star. He's going to be a very good role player. Oh, boy. And everybody's saying, I'd trade the pick, I'd trade the pick, I'd trade the pick, I'd trade the pick. That's the other thing. Is it that attractive? And how much else would you have to get up to actually get or give up to actually get a star player. Devin Booker ain't going to be cheap at all. He's not cheap financially, and he's not cheap in terms of draft chips and this and that. So, I mean, it's tough, man. It's really tough. It's tough to, to make a decision. Uh, ben Simmons getting injured isn't good, and he's had some injury problems, and again, he can't shoot. Ben Simmons can't shoot. He can't shoot. You know, he's he's very talented, but he can't shoot. LaMelo Ball. Hello. Very talented, but he can't shoot. It's like, oh, he's already a star, though. He's already a superstar. Yeah, he's really he's really damn good, yes. But, you know, the <laughs> I don't know. Ben Simmons, to me, isn't this end-all player. He, he's, he's good, but I don't know. Do I trade up the, do I trade the whole farm way for him? I don't think so. I don't think so. And Denny is such an unknown. Denny, Den, <laughs> Denny from Israel there, Tel Aviv. Unknown. I <laughs> He's, he's, he's lacking in some areas, and he's got some some smooth game in other areas. He's a playmaker, this and that, for a 6-9 forward of some sort. So let's just call him a tweener, I guess, because everybody's a tweener nowadays. <sighs> who can I endorse? I mean, who can I endorse? It, to, to me, again, I'll just conclude with this when you talk about the number one pick. If the Wolves keep the number one pick in the draft, and you are absolutely doggone convinced that Anthony Edwards can focus his game you know, and just please, at least attempt defensively. Attempt. Attempt defensively. Use that strength that you have, which Wiggins didn't have, by the way. Anthony Edwards is way stronger than Andrew Wiggins. So smile about that part. Six foot five to twenty five or six foot nine to two twenty basically is what Andrew was. Six foot five to twenty five, very, very muscular. Anthony Edwards for a nineteen year old, absolutely muscular. If he can focus defensively if he can concentrate on, on his shots rather than just kind of forcing them up, concentrate on his shots, some catch and shoots, and again, continue to do what he does, driving to the basket, getting around players. If he can really focus his game and take it to another level, as Trent Tucker would say, <laughs> taking the game to another level. If he can take his game to another level by doing that, by just focusing, focus, focus, Anthony. If he can focus defensively and focus on his shots, if you're confident that he can do that, and he knows he can, and he will, he's going to commit himself. That's my number one pick in the draft. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I mean, that's my number one pick because he has the ability. At the moment, to me, out of all of them, he has the ability to be something special in the league. It, it's there. Uh, he is the the guy a lot of people have Minnesota taking number one overall. If I, you know, if if I'm comfortable with that, I take him there. If I believe he can focus on that, I take him there. Obviously, you're going to explore all the avenues first. Is somebody going to blow you away because they're absolutely in love with Anthony Edwards or James Wiseman? Then so be it. Go ahead and make the trade, whatever that, that offer is. Because <laughs> it ain't going to be straight up if it's a $30 million contract. It ain't going to be straight up. It can't be. It's impossible. First-round picks aren't worth $30 million. <laughs> Seven, 17th overall picks 
aren't going to help you match salaries either. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you got to think about that. You got James Johnson for 15 million. Everybody else is way less, uh, unless you're trading away <laughs> D'Angelo Russell. After all you went through, you're going to trade away D'Angelo Russell? I don't think so. Uh, if you trade away Carl Anthony Towns, you're kind of sort of starting over again, aren't you? And that would be really dumb and frustrating, especially uh, with his contract is still pretty new, kind of. Of course, contracts these days with their out clauses end in five seconds. And then guys went up in Los Angeles or Los Angeles. They went up in the Clippers or the Lakers. One of the two. <laughs> or the Phoenix Suns with uh, Devin Booker. Who knows what happens at the end of the day with that. But I've made my point. If Anthony Edwards can bleep and focus, uh, he's got to be the guy at this point. He, he's, the, he's the best player to me in this draft. He's the closest thing to being a franchise guy at this moment, unless you're able to identify someone else. And i got to think and pray that uh, Chris and Rosas and all his staff know what they're doing, and they are going to identify the best avenue to take with the number one pick in the draft. And you all know the possibilities. And he'll find something maybe even crazier. We'll see. But uh, at the moment, number one pick, I would take Anthony Edwards and pray to God in heaven that he will focus defensively and focus more on that shot with his uh, shot selection. I don't want Rashad McCants. I really don't, because he was Rashad McCant. He can't. He sucked. He sucked. I don't care how athletic he was. I don't care how spectacular his ball handling could be on occasion. I don't give a damn. The guy sucked. His shot selection was awful. His attitude sucked. He was weird. He was an ass. But he but he was a poet, too. So, that's that's cute. He was a poet, according to Marcus the Forecaster. Okay, let's get to what you guys had to say. I am sorry. Um, Twitter account, at Wolves Explosion. And uh, Vince Germano says what I said, Anthony Edwards. It took me about 50 minutes to get to Anthony Edwards. That's how difficult this is, you know? Because obviously I'd been saying Anthony Edwards since early, uh, since early June, when I first really was get, casting my gaze on his game. But it's like, again, there's doubts and there's frustrations, but I still come to the same conclusion. It's Anthony Edwards. If you're going to stand pat. Uh, if. <laughs> I'm not that enamored. I, I'm not as enamored with Devin Booker and Ben Simmons as some other people are. I'm not. But I'm not as enamored as with uh, Anthony Edwards as I was five minutes ago either. <laughs> James Wiseman's a guy. The Wolves take him. I'm going to be very excited. Um, it's going to be one of those two guys, i got to think, if the Wolves stand pat. Facebook page, is, the, is there anything there this time? That'd be nice. There should be, but I don't know. And... There are. Yeah, yeah. Yes, there are. Of course, the first thing was everybody liking it. And yes, Tom Thibodeau became the head coach of the New York Knicks. I kind of sideways mentioned that earlier. Uh, who is the Wolves' new owner going to be? No idea. Could be one of the current part owners or part owner of the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, was it Cohen? I have no idea. I, I don't know who they are. So <laughs> We didn't know who Glenn Taylor was either when he bought the Wolves. He, he saved the franchise. But yeah, New York Knicks and Tom Thibodeau have a five-year deal. He is not the president of basketball operations. He can just be what he is, a coach. He can just be a coach. Uh, so good luck there. And if they take Devin Vassell, as a perfect fit for Tom Thibodeau. And I'd like Devin Vassell too, Tom. Uncle Tom. Okay, I didn't. I did not say that. But he would be my uncle, I suppose. He's a, he, yeah, about that. <laughs> I didn't mean it the way it sounded there. Hopefully, <laughs> it's just Uncle Tom. Who cares? Uncle Tom Thibodeau. Who cares? I didn't mean it uh, in any way. Wayne Hunt out of Australia says, I'm not drafting anybody. I'm swinging the pick and upgrading the roster. Weak draft. I know. I know, Wayne. Yep, I understand. And that's why it, That's why I was going back and forth as much as I was. Even though it's like I'm just doing a show, but the whole point of doing a show is discussion. I'm not just going to say, Anthony Edwards. Okay, good show. Have a good one. Have a good one, guys. Stay warm, stay cool, depending on what part of the planet you're on. Vince Germano, again, Wayne Hunt, Courtside Podcast, the Alpha Dog, the Alpha Dog of the Courtside Podcast, out of Sydney, Australia. Vince Germano, also part of the Courtside Podcast, out of Melbourne, Australia. Obviously, some interesting stuff going on there with COVID-19, but it sounds like the numbers are dropping. That's a good deal. That's a good deal right there, Vince. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Vince Germano and I text and talk more than people know, right? <laughs> That's what they say. And yes, we do, actually. Uh, of course, it's Facebook texting because, you know, you know <laughs> phone numbers are a little bit far away from each other here in Golden Valley, Minnesota versus uh, Victoria, Australia there. <laughs> Wayne Hunt continues. Okay, no. Vince Romano first said, who are you looking for? Who are you looking at for a trade? And I also rudely did not mention uh, Stu Benson. I was about to. He's also on the Courtside Podcast, and I highly recommend it on all the same 
podcasting applications you can imagine the Apple, Twitter, Apple and Twitter, Apple, uh, Google, Spotify, and you can go on forever. I, I heart. Wayne Hunt says, I'm bringing in help for Towns, especially if he wants to continue to shoot that three ball. Yeah, I want somebody big, Wayne. He continued, D-Lo is locked in, and I'd invest in Beasley, longtime fan. If you can't find an upgraded small forward, I'm looking at the best possible big man to match with Towns. Someone who just eats rebounds and wants to block shots. That would be James Wiseman, Wayne. That would be James Wiseman, if you don't trade the pick. If you don't trade the pick, that's James Wiseman. Otherwise, uh, Joel Embiid's available, right? No. Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns. You know, I would be very happy if Joel Embiid was on the Timberwolves. I would be thrilled. Would Carl Anthony Towns be? I don't know. But uh, in that case, because you didn't mention what type of big man. I mean, I keep thinking James Wiseman. And, of course, that would cost a lot less. And then it'd be easier to keep Beasley then. Then you'd absolutely be able to keep Beasley if you do bring in James Wiseman and then take a flyer on somebody at 17 or trade it or whatever the heck your thought process is. Um, yeah, with, with, with your uh, strategy there, Wayne, and I don't really disagree with it at all. I don't really disagree with it at all to free up Carl Anthony Towns. I've been talking about that for a couple of years too. Uh, that's James Wiseman. Or possibly Vernon Carey, which would be even cheaper, and or uh, Daniel Arturo. But uh, no, D- Daniel Oturu would be the one freed up more than likely in that situation, depending on how you're thinking. I suppose you could have Oturu stay in at center and Carl could freed up, but you're more likely looking at Vernon Carey or James Wiseman if you want to move Carl to the four. Because Vernon Carey is a true five, in my opinion, or at least a true big man you know, down low type of guy. He doesn't play an outside game. Stephen Rudzik, Wayne's, uh, he says, Wayne, so much depth in this draft, and then they're laughing about it. Number eight, oh yeah, because he must be a Knicks fan. Yep, well, Devin Vassell, if you get Devin Vassell, you'll be very happy. Kyle Fisher says, call Phoenix every day. Call Washington every day. Call Philly every day. Otherwise, I would try to get get away to get Danny, that would be the Israeli guy, and Toppin with minimal loss to our team. First, 17, and Jake Lehman. And Vince Germano again comes back and says, go with Edwards. So, of course, calling Washington would mean uh, Bradley Beal. And the comparisons with James Edwards, uh, Anthony Edwards, are Bradley Beal. So that's the other interesting thing. They compare uh, Anthony Edwards' game to Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is really good. I, I haven't enjoyed the success level in Washington. I don't really like the Wizards at all. Uh, I'm glad you're not saying John Wall. I'm sure he's not. He means Bradley Beal. Uh, that's another one that's an interesting guy, again, worth a bajillion dollars and this and that. There is that part of it. And uh, I don't know. Everybody's so damn expensive. Everybody needs $9 trillion. Bradley Beal, yep, four years remaining, 27 per at this stage. Of course, you're moving forward to 28, 32, blah, 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 blah. It's the same thing. Same kind of contract as you're paying with Carl and uh, D'Angelo Russell. It's all relative. So Bradley Beal's making like a fraction less than D'Angelo Russell. And Carl's big deal is uh, about to jump on board here in a huge way. He's already making a lot, but, I mean, it's about to really, you know, kick in here and all that. Boy. We don't have a whole lot of trade chips. We don't, other than the draft pick. Financially, we don't have trade chips necessarily. James Johnson would have to be thrown in. I'd miss him, but it is what it is if it comes to it. Man, 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 man. Man, man, man. I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Bradley Beal, yep, he's a, you know, again, relative. You're not going to trade D'Angelo Russell or Carl, obviously, for him. It would have to be James Johnson and God knows who. Let's see if we can... Uh, why did I click on that? <laughs> I accidentally clicked on the file. That was kind of pointless at the end of the day. I thought you picked players. What the heck? Okay, that's James Johnson, Bradley Beal. Let's see what, what would actually work. Probably Culver. Uh, Johnson and Culver, that's still $7 million below. See, that's the problem. You're going to have, like, nobody left. You know? I mean, mm, that's kind of pricey. So then you imagine you're, you're throwing the trade. The trade was successful, and I would think they would do that. In a, I would think Washington would do that. They get the first pick, James Johnson, James... Well, not necessarily, but maybe. <laughs> they get the number one pick, at least, and Bradley Beal wants the hell out of there, then I guess it is what it is. Uh, obviously, Bradley Beal's an awesome player. Nobody dislikes him. Uh, he, he can play with the best of them, this and that. He can, you know, he's, he's a reliable guy. He's super talented. He's not John Wall. Oh, God, he averaged 30 points a game, didn't he? Wow. <laughs> he averaged 30 points a game. So he would be a tough get. And, yeah, he was one of the 
best players out of that 2012 draft, which was generally not a very good draft, but he ended up being very special at the end of the day. Uh, definitely had a breakout year last year. He did miss some time, unfortunately, but, well, we all know why. Everybody missed time last year, <laughs> so that doesn't apply as much as I was making it apply. Uh, everybody's going to cost 27 to $32 million a year if they're a star player and beyond. Obviously, he didn't break out right away. It took a couple of years. It took about five years for him to get into 20 plus a game. Pardon the ad popping up out of nowhere there. But he had a massive breakout year last year for Washington. Bradley Beal, he's somebody I would strongly consider. He's, I would strongly consider him. He's slightly older than uh, he's slightly older than Carl and D'Angelo, and he'd fit right in, no doubt about that. You'd have a great group, but then again, you'd be most likely saying goodbye to Malik Beasley. So it's your opinion on Malik Beasley as well. Do you want to keep Beasley? Do you want to trade him away? Maybe you do a sign and trade. That might help with the uh, the chips and everything. Make the trade more attractive, then you don't have to trade everybody else away. It would suck to lose Beasley, but I don't know. It would be a, an attractive trade, and maybe you'd be giving up less, this and that, in that situation. It would still suck to lose him, though, if you indeed have to lose him. Uh, I think that's the end of the conversations at the end of the day. Were, were there any... Uh, I'm going to check and make sure if there were any posts to the page recently, because I have to change different devices here in order to be able to do that, because for some reason the regular online... <laughs> the regular online setup doesn't always work so good. I don't know why it's showing my posts. That doesn't make sense. Should it be showing other people's posts? I don't know. That's really strange. Really strange. Um, it's not doing what it used to do, which is kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah, they've really changed things here. It's confusing. So with that said, again, Anthony Edwards is where I'm standing with at this stage. Um, other thoughts I may have real quick before we're wrapping things up. I don't agree with everything the NBA is doing. Uh, they talk about how the ratings are dropping, this and that, and I think when you get too political, you turn people off because regardless, this is not about me coming up here and saying bleep this group and bleep that group. It's about saying, can we get a break? You know, I mean, what is the only thing we heard about during the whole Galdang COVID-19? We heard about COVID-19 and the other thing, right? The entire time. So now we get sports back and we hear about COVID-19 and the other thing the whole time we're watching sports too, right? Don't you think it's a little too much? It's no offense meant to anybody. It really isn't. It's just the whole point of the whole the whole point of sports is to get away from that. So instead, we're just doubling down on it, right? Is it so wrong for me to say that? I mean, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to step out of line. I'm just saying eventually it gets to be too much, and I think that's hurting the ratings. And somebody got all annoyed with me and said, if that gives it such a problem, then don't watch. Nobody cares. Well, excuse you, you don't have to be that hard about it. <laughs> I mean, my God. <laughs> it's A, it's just an opinion, and I wouldn't tell somebody nobody cares about your opinion, because I think that's disrespectful. Uh, at the same time, eventually, if it's the same thing being, you know, portrayed in front of you every second of every day, eventually, can, can we get a break? That's all I'm saying here. That's it. All I'm saying is, can we get a break? So that's my whole point. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I just think there has a, there, eventually just give us a little break. Can, can we get a little break, a little breather? That's all we're asking, right? Isn't that all we're asking? I got to think that's one of the reasons why the ratings are plummeting. I also think, you know, just shooting threes all day and no defense isn't always the best thing either. <laughs> I think people got tired of the Golden State Warriors. I know I did. I can't be alone. I can't be the only person on the planet that got tired of them. Luckily, they weren't uh, as luckily they weren't as good this year, and the NBA was the most fun to watch in about ten years for me. It actually was. I'm not even kidding. It was like going back to you know Lakers and Celtics with Kobe versus uh, you know Kevin Garnett stuff like that. That was fun. That was a fun time. That was those are some awesome series, man. Uh, sucked that the Celtics were not in the finals that one year when Garnett hurt his knee, and that ended up and slowly ending Garnett's career. Very slowly, very slow burn on that, <laughs> but it eventually did. Because <laughs> it's got to end sometime, right? <laughs> Regardless if he wanted to stop playing or not. But with that said, I think I've rambled enough. I'm now over an hour. I apologize if I went a little long. I wanted to keep it an hour or less, and, well, I guess I'm a little bit over. So with that said, hope all of you are having a good remainder of the summer or winter, depending on what part of the world you're in. Hopefully the, the cold and rain is stopping in Australia. Uh, 
just hope all of you are having a good time, generally speaking, watching the games and keeping up with things. The second round is usually better than the first round. You get rid of the junk teams, and then you move on to some more competitive basketball or round number two. That's always good. Same in hockey. Uh, with that said, again, hope all of you are doing well. Please do submit a voice, uh, uh, an audio submission if you could. Simply use your phone or any smart device on the planet. There's a free voice recording application on there. Click record, talk, hit stop, save it, and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. I will then convert it into an MP3 file thanks to zumzar.com, which is great. Uh, one final thing, please write a positive rating on iTunes or any of the other applications if it's available for you to write and <laughs> to write a review. It seems it's only on iTunes but or Apple Podcasts, whatever. If you can do that, I'd greatly appreciate it. Nice five-star rating, what you like about the show, maybe what you'd like to see improved. With that said, hoping all of you have a safe couple of weeks here. We'll be back to talk some more Timberwolves, maybe a playoff update, and maybe some kind of crazy trade happens, or maybe the Timberwolves get sold. We'll see what happens. We'll be back on the air probably in a couple weeks. Until then, take care and God bless.